Listener note, this podcast was created as an adjunct for those studying for the PCS exam. By no means do we guarantee that one will pass the exam solely by listening to this podcast. We encourage all those studying for the exam to put the appropriate time and effort into their studying using resources recommended by the ABPTS and the APTA. It is not allowed to discuss test content and we will not accept any questions related to test content. While we will do our best to provide the most accurate information, if you feel as though we have stated something that is incorrect, please contact us via Instagram at Pushing Pediatrics. Hi, I'm Sheila. And I'm Sarah. And welcome to Pushing Pediatrics, an educational podcast for physical therapists created to help those studying for the Pediatric Certified Specialist exam and anyone else interested in learning more about pediatric physical therapy. This week, we're going to dive a little deeper in how to create the optimal study plan for you and your life. We've already talked a little bit about how Sarah and I and our study group organized our study plan, but this is really going to be diving deep into what we did. There are many different options on how to create one. There are many examples that are based on length of time studying and how many study days each week. There are also many examples of how to structure your study plan using the resources you have. Really, you have to choose one that makes sense to you, is realistic, and fits within your life and lifestyle. Rule number one when creating your study plan, it must be realistic. You have to think about what you have going on in your life from the time you plan to start studying until the test. What kind of life events do you have going on? Do you have kids or a family that also needs your attention? Do you care for anyone that may take your attention away from studying? Do you have anything planned during your study time that you may want to consider not studying for the weekend, a week, a month? Have you accounted for holidays or travel that you may be doing? And how much are you working? Are you working full-time, part-time, or are you going to be able to take some time off? After you've considered what life events or other responsibilities you may have going on, then you can sit down and create a goal. One suggestion could be to start off slow over a longer period of time. An example is to have a goal to begin reading Campbell at the beginning of August and have it finished by the end of October. Another example is to start in March of the year before you plan to sit for the exam and read one case study a week to get yourself into studying again. Another way to do it is just to dive right into the material and crush it in a shorter period of time. For example, starting in January and studying for eight weeks nonstop with no breaks. This may be realistic for someone who is finishing a residency and is not starting to work until after the exam is over. Consider how you study best. Do you do better studying over long periods of time, such as a 16-week study plan, where you have more days off of studying? Or do you do better over a shorter period of time, such as an eight-week study plan, where you have less days off studying and you're just studying more hours each day? Once you've figured out a realistic goal for your studying, then it's time to make the plan. Once you've figured out how many weeks you want to study hard for, count the number of weeks back on the calendar from when you think you want to take your exam or from when it's scheduled. Our study group did a 16-week study plan that allowed us for more flexibility within our schedule and more days off of studying. I found all of the different examples of study plans through score builders. 
This is what I used while I was studying for my NPTE exam, and it helped me to divide content up into numbers of weeks and when to schedule our practice exams. The score builder study plans have a series of 16-week, 12-week, and 8-week study plans. During the 16-week plan, you are studying for three to four days a week. 12 weeks, you are studying for four to five days a week. And eight weeks, you're studying for six to seven days a week. When we say studying, we mean studying, like think nine to five all day studying. We chose the 16-week plan so we could study for less time during the week, like maybe one to two hours max, and still be able to take some days off. You also want to designate each week for a specific piece of content. For example, one week could be neuromuscular, one week could be musculoskeletal, and so on. Our study guide that we followed was broken up over 16 weeks, counting back from the first week that we thought we could take the exam. We broke up the content based on how long we thought it would take us to get through each section of content. For example, for NICU, we designated one week, but for neuromuscular content, we designated three weeks. We were finished with the content about three weeks before the first week that the exam would be given. So he had time to go over case studies and have time for just general review before the exam. One suggestion that was helpful for us was to use one resource to help structure your study plan. We used the MedBridge content as our guide. And like Sheila said, we allotted a certain number of weeks for each content section based on how many modules were in each section. Once we were through the MedBridge content, we went through the PCS Advantage study guides, case studies, Campbell, and we reviewed together on Zoom. Remember, we had also already done the entirety of Campbell before we even started the MedBridge content. We also paired recommended articles from MedBridge and PCS Advantage with the MedBridge content. During each designated week or weeks, we were responsible to get through the MedBridge content, review the relevant Campbell chapters that we had outlined previously, look through the PCS Advantage content, read any recommended readings and research articles, and go through the case studies that were relevant to that week's content. We divided this group of resources before we started studying, so then that way we knew exactly what we needed to have for each week. I personally had a large binder with all of our materials collectively, and then a smaller one that I divided all of the weeks or weeks content into, so I didn't have to go searching for it all the time. I did the same thing. At the end of each week or section of weeks, I then transferred that material into a larger binder. By the time we were done, I think I had four large binders full of relevant content that was kind of organized, which was really helpful when I needed to go back and review certain areas of weakness in that final study prep in the weeks leading up to the exam. Also, make sure you allot time for practice exams dispersed throughout your studying time. Case study style exams closer to the exam felt more helpful for us. Give yourself some wiggle room also in case something happens and you can't study one week or you want to leave one to two weeks at the end of the schedule to do a general review. Last, we can't stress this enough. At some point, you need to relax. There's going to be days when you can't study. Life happens. Keep your mind fresh and keep yourself as relaxed as possible. Thank you all so much for listening to Pushing Pediatrics. You can follow us on Instagram at Pushing Pediatrics. We would love to hear from you. So send us questions, suggestions, things you want to hear more of, and things you'd maybe want to hear less of. We will talk to you guys next week. And remember, you totally got this.